and welcome to Quality Blether, the Scottish testing group broadcast where you don't have to be Scottish or a tester to have quality conversations about quality. I'm your host, Brian Jones. My guest today is one of the most in-demand conference speakers in the testing world. She's also a quality coach, runs training workshops, and has a day job as a testing consultant. It is Emna Ayadi. Hello, Emna. How are you doing? Hello, Brian. How are you? I am good. I'm really good. I'm really good. Now, I've been looking at your um, schedule of talks, all the different conferences you're going to be presenting at. You're going to be very busy next year, and you've been very busy for the last five years. So how on earth did you get to this position of being so popular as a presenter whilst still doing all your your day job and your consultancy and training and your workshops and all that sort of stuff. What's your background? How did you get there? Well, I'd say it all started by uh, passion, uh, being passionate by uh, something and I wanted to, to, to give it a chance. So let me get back into my career, how I started doing all of that. Uh, actually, I've been testing since eight years. Since university, I started as a, as a software tester in my first job, and I enjoy it. So after just three years in my career, I said, well, it's good what I'm doing, but I want to do more things, like uh, going to conferences and uh, start speaking. So I feel like this is very, very a big dream at, for me at that time. Uh, but I give it a try. I just attended a conference after three years uh, of me in testing. Then I reached out to speakers and tried to understand what's going on uh, behind the scene to be there. Mm-hmm. I got some tips and I felt like I'm really motivated to give it a try. And I won't be afraid, I, although maybe I won't have a lot of experience comparing to the audience that will attend to someone with three years of experience. But I say, well, I'll give it a try. If work doesn't matter, I will continue in my career and let's see what's going on. So my first uh, one was uh, in uh, 2019. I got selected same year, at least uh, in four or five conferences in different countries. And it all started from there. Okay, so which were the, the speakers that you reached out to? Because uh, you're, you're friends with Alex Schledbeck as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, well, let's, um, let me talk about a personal story. Actually, the first conference that I attended to was a Belgrade Test Conference. And at that time, I attended to a workshop uh, by uh, Ard, which already I know from LinkedIn online, mm-hmm. uh, are the Kramer. Uh, and uh, he's like one of the person that gave me a lot of uh, tips to, uh, to go to conferences and he encouraged me, he even reviewed one of my proposal. Uh, so I'm very grateful for him because um, he's one of the first persons that I've met uh, at conferences and then um, he encouraged me to enter this world of conferences. Uh, and we even collaborated to do some workshop together after that. Yeah. Uh, So this was one of my uh, highlights in uh, my career. Yes, I I actually did a a workshop with you and Ard last year at Eurostar. Yeah, you you are one of the attendees. So now you you know more about the story, how we met uh, at conference. And he was like one of the person who guided me to to get there and uh, give me some tips. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, the characteristics of the workshops that you do is gamification. You seem to be very into uh, games, serious games for teaching and, and learning with. Where did that come from? Well, uh, since my childhood, I, I'm really interested about uh, these kind of games that are just games. Uh, and when I attended the conference, I discovered uh, the uh, I discovered Risk Storming, my first uh, testing game that I discovered and then I find it like very cool uh, because it's uh, learning while having fun Mm -hmm. and collaborating with the team so I said I'm sure there are other games that are available so I I started searching on all social media with hashtag 
uh, about games, learning, testing, agile, all this combination. And every time I do a research, I discover a new game. Mm-hmm. So I started collecting them. Like I'm ordering a game from Denmark. I'm ordering a game from the UK, from different countries. And every time I have a package coming to me with a new game, DevOps game, testing game, agile game, scrum game. And then every game I try to try it with the community. And uh, back in the time, um, uh, actually now I'm living in France, but I was in Tunisia and I ran uh, local meetups with Ministry of Testing community. Uh, and I got the chance to try those games with the community. Like every month, for example, we have a meetup or every two months. Uh, and I try a different game from my collection. And I find that every time it's fun because you bring people together to think about testing in a strategic and different way. And everyone will feel safe to share their experience, their um, dynamics, um, which make it very special, the use uh, of gamification. And this makes me also very curious about uh, games. And I even created my own game uh, in the last... uh, couple of years, uh, let's say two years ago, now we are 2024, it's uh, time is yes. moving fast. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so I'm even, uh, I even contributed with uh, two colleagues to create a game about the quality improvement and how we can uh, use it to improve processes in organization uh, and way of working, etc. And now I'm even thinking about a second game to create. So I can't say uh, a lot about it because it's just still idea. But just to tell you that uh, the gamification aspect even motivate me to create more games. I see. So not only does it motivate people to learn, but it also motivates you to teach more. Exactly, yeah. So uh, this gives me more idea to do more workshops, create games. So I feel like it's uh, energizing for me as a person uh, working and thinking about all of that. This gives me energy in my daily job. Mm -hmm. So do you want to just give us a quick rundown of what your daily job actually is? Because you seem to spend almost all your time either traveling or presenting at conferences. So what do you, <laughs> how, what do, how do you actually earn your money? <laughs> well, let me give you a number uh, that makes you scared and then I will tell you my, uh, my job. Actually in 2023, um, one of the funny things, it's I break the record. I visited 13 countries uh, and 36 cities. All of that in 2023. Right. <laughs> okay. So now let me get back to my uh, job. I'm not... Uh, uh, a traveler um, who only travel. I, th- I do this by passion in my uh, personal time, I travel. Um, and in my daily job, I'm working as consultant. I work for uh, Sojeti France. Uh, so my uh, assignment basically at clients to uh, help them uh, in their uh, transformation, uh, to do quality coaching uh, or um different kind of um, um, answers to their problems. So one of my uh, previous assignment was a quality coach where the client uh, is having like agile transformation and they struggled with uh, problems related to quality within their organization. So uh, I was there and uh, it was a great challenge to to start this coaching aspect and bring uh, the link to quality aspects in organization and teams and also for individual. Um, So this is something new for me. I started like, um, let's say almost one year ago since I started in quality coaching. Before that, I was like test lead in a project. I, one of my assignment doing integration tests was the integration test lead. So basically API tests, I do mm-hmm. um, testing of uh, API, different component, and also communicating about that to our stakeholders, reporting to a management team, what's going on. Um, so I had the chance in my career to work in different aspects related to uh, software testing, whether it comes to test automation, testing, uh, being a quality coach and every aspect 
makes me learn new things and discover more things about the software and the issues that we can encounter in our daily jobs. So your um, quality coaching actually comes from a place of technical understanding and experience. You've been there, you've done API testing, you've been down there, you, you can do Python, for instance, you understand that, you can get engaged and involved at that level, but you also understand the stakeholder level and the business level. Yeah, to be honest, um, back in my career, I'm computer science engineer, but I'm not the, the person who loves being a programmer for life. That's why I try to search a different uh, path because uh, if you give me a code and ask me to code, it's not my favorite. I can do it, but it's stressful for me. I don't mm -hmm. like doing it, yeah. but I can understand what's going on. Help uh, me even communicate easier with developers because I have this background and I know what's going on. Um, and from another aspect, I also like to uh, bring the IT things and technical stuff into a softer level so that we can understand what the business is looking for because bridging the gap between uh, um, business and IT is not that easy. No. So I like being in the edge between both of them and try to, to have the proper mindset on how to communicate with the business people as well as with the uh, technical people. Would you say that being that interpreter between the tech and the business, between yeah, kind of. and the developer the and the user, is that is that the, the role of a tester? Is that what we should be doing as, as QA? I think that. Uh, actually, since my first job, I feel like being a tester is a combination of both because you will find yourself understanding what the client is looking for so that you can understand their um, expectation. And also uh, you can understand um, from where you can build uh, powerful test cases and uh, scenario to explore the software. And from another side, when you talk to the developer, you get maybe another way. Maybe you will look for a developer who try to hide bugs <laughs> with bricks of code yes. that are not uh, that uh, smart idea. But this kind of discussion, you can uh, handle it and you can see how the developer is dealing with his code. And maybe this will give you more testing idea in behind the scene as a tester. Mm -hmm. So what attracted you to testing particularly? What do you, do you love about it? Because you obviously do love about it. You are passionate about quality and testing. So what is it? What obsesses you? <laughs> uh, well, let's say I am um, like curious person who loves to ask questions even um, as a child or as a student. For example, I still remember in mathematics class, I was like the one who always find the case that this formula, for example, is not working or I make my teacher a little bit doubtful about uh, what he's giving. So I was like the one who searched for the edge case and I find it fun. Uh, so this is like something in me. And when I start my first job as a tester, I find like this is exactly what I want to do. Because when you are like curious, you ask questions and try to find this announce, it's, it's like you are solving uh, uh, some puzzles. So yes. this uh, will make the job on itself like fun. You have something you are looking for or maybe an, an, uh, something announced that you are looking for, but you still don't know yet. So I think this uh, way add more fun to it, which make us as testers more passionate about it if we really want to solve those puzzles. This sounds very familiar, very familiar indeed. <laughs> so <laughs> going back to the, the quality coaching aspect, uh, you very kindly did uh, a lunch and learn webinar for, for us at the Scottish Testing Group a little while ago, which was very good. And I'll put a link up to that on the show notes. Um, but do you want to give a really brief summary of what is quality coaching? 
just a, a quick sort of five minute. Okay, good. Uh, well, actually, a quality coach is like uh, someone who challenge the team and also support them and the organization in order to build like a collaborative approach toward quality. Because in nowadays, we want to make quality a whole team responsibility. But everyone has his own definition of quality and it's hard to bring it into a centralized vision. So a quality coach could help in this transition because we are speaking about the testing is a whole team responsibility. Maybe for some developers, they are not aware what or how they can contribute to testing. So as a quality coach, you will deal with the whole team. We mentioned already developer and business. So you, you will deal with the PU to make them uh, a good contributor for the project. And you will also deal with developers and maybe give them some tips. And also, of course, the testers to be better collaborator with uh, the team as a quality coach. So in a nutshell, quality coaching is not just coaching. It's different ways you can address through coaching the team or individual, or also you can facilitate workshops. I love doing the facilitation thing, as we already discussed. And also it could be training. Maybe the team is not yet in the level to do coaching. Maybe they are um, very beginner and they still need some training behind to, to reach a certain level of understanding to move on to next steps. Or maybe for, uh, it requires mentoring. So it depends on the need. We can have like various aspects of coaching that we can use to do quality coaching. So your your view on quality coaching is is almost like a a super tester. <laughs> so it's that that collaborative, it's the pulling together of all the different aspects so that we get quality by design. Yeah. So what's the hardest part of that? What's the most difficult thing? Oh, uh, it rings a lot of bells, this question. Well, Actually, maybe theoretically, you see like uh, it's magic, you will be a super tester, you will solve our problems, but in practice it's very difficult because people will resist and they want to, to do the things they are doing. For example, you can just uh, recommend that they need to move to this tool because we are moving to the cloud or any other reason, they will tell you, well, we always do it this way and it works. Why should I change? Yeah, very familiar sound. <laughs> <laughs> so we face different situations where uh, people resist to change. And this is hard for us as a quality coach, but this is familiar. So we need to think how can we, uh, what's our plan and how to engage the team. So as I mentioned, it's about engaging them. So instead of directing or telling them what they need to do, we need to involve them. So I can also add that quality coaching is not a directive approach. So you need to engage them. So one of my idea or daily um, uh, tasks that I think about how to engage and involve the team. So there's another layer of skills above the, the normal tester exactly. skills. Yeah, there are a lot of skills. And every time I discover a new skill that I feel this is exactly what quality coach needs. Yeah. So you need quite a, an understanding of, of psychology, of the, the way people are going to behave and how to influence that behavior. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can mention, for example, um, as part of... Um, Big organization, for example, we have also testing community and I'm like part of the core community to do animation of the community. One of the things when I speak to different people, I see someone, for example, who already did a nice thing related to API testing already integrated in the pipeline and it works perfectly. And there is another team who want to do the same thing or who need to do the same thing, but they don't know. So I try to make those people communicate together, look with which uh, 
uh, you are looking for or which could be a nice idea is already done by this team. And let me show you uh, through this person what's already there. So it's not me who impose or propose, it's just making connect and then let them aware of the benefits themselves. They will observe them while communicating to, with the other team. And this will make them already just after the meeting very curious to plan a meeting to make the same thing from their side. So and you're this... a matchmaker. <laughs> so I, I don't do anything. Uh, I just try to involve them in a, let's say, implicit way to make them curious themselves to do the change. Very subtle, very subtle. Um, so you've been very involved with, with communities. Uh, you mentioned the Ministry of Test. You've also involved with the Sujeti community and exactly various that. other communities. Um, some of those people are very, very engaged and others sit back and don't want to engage at all. How do you, do you deal with that? How do you actually get the, the quiet ones engaged and involved? Uh, well, I know this is a different, difficult question because I've been struggling with it for years. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, uh, I say community as three level. Let's say a, a first level of people who are the core organizer, like you have the Scotch testing group, you are a core organizer. So you are always making dynamics to get people and there is a second layer with people who are active participants, but not really that contribute often. So you can start from those active participants and give them opportunities to present or maybe tell them, hey, I see that you have a very nice idea. Would you like that we do together um, a presentation and I can help you with that? So I feel this second level of participant are really uh, um, engaging, uh, are really engaged, but they are afraid to present, or maybe uh, they are afraid to prepare something for their first time. So those people just need a little push and also some help. So if you do that, you will get more people from those active participants to present. So this second level is basically easier yeah. than the third level that I will just mention. So the third level is like participants who come, but not too often, and they are not active at all. So this third level is even harder to get them involved. Maybe what I recommend is like to give them, I don't know, maybe do some prizes or encourage them in different ways. Maybe the one who do um, presentation in the community can have a ticket to go for free to a conference or, I don't know, try to offer them uh, things to maybe get their engagement. But from my experience, the second level is more likely to be uh, active, and this is what I observe, at least at our Sojeti local community, there are people who are always active, always present, they just need this little push, and then they will do things. I even know a few colleagues who even did their first uh, proposal to a conference just with those uh, little pushes. Mm. Yes, that, that sounds very familiar indeed. Now, going back on the, the quality coaching again, because this is something that interests me. This is essentially what part of my role has been anyway for a very long time. If anybody listening to this is interested in that quality coaching, how do they get involved in it? How do they become a quality coach? What's, what's the route? What do they need to do? What do they need to learn? Where do they go? Um, well, it's a good question, and I'm sure that a lot of people are interested in this role. Uh, the good news, even if your job title isn't quality coach, you can be a quality coach. I know it's a bit philosophical, but uh, the thing is, quality coach, it's 
it's like a posture that you can play. If you are test leader, test manager, scrum master, or even product owner, maybe you can start uh, with small steps. And this is actually what I did as a being test leader before quality coach. I did some aspect like the facilitation aspect, the proposing thing. This actually little steps could make you try it as a first timer. And then you just need to find the opportunity to, uh, to be a quality coach. Maybe it's not a job offer within your organization, but you want to bring it anyway. So don't make this as an obstacle. Try, for example, um, bring the community. Um, instead of being just in your project, try to see what other people in other projects in your company are doing. Try to... Um, even, for example, one of the things, we just, we just did a Lego workshop between three different teams across the organization. And we engaged people from the business in testing just with a funny way. Mm -hmm. So there are various ways. Um, and uh, you can just give it a try little by little and then... Um, create your opportunity uh, as a quality coach i'd say so create your own job create your own role yes so you know uh the aspects you know the um the things that you need to do as a quality coach in your uh, uh, job try to see what you can do in your own role which is more likely quality coaching things and um then maybe it's not like the best answer. It depends on your context, of course. But just start small, and I'm sure that uh, something big will come. Something you mentioned there was the uh, the Lego game. Now, I really like that idea. I think that's a really cool idea of, of using Lego. Um, I've been involved in a few workshops using different things like that, and it is it, it's good fun. But I think it also breaks the ice between exactly. different groups of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly the Lego workshop was something that involved developers and product owners and testers and make everyone involved in testing and also not only testing, but testing early, how to do shift left, how to uh, uh, find bugs earlier, the importance of communication. So a lot of good messages you can send through the Lego workshop that I did, like I hide bugs at different testing levels and <laughs> I make them build the construction. They are like very busy because they have a sprint uh, that, that will end in two minutes, for example. So their only focus was to do the construction and no one focused to find defects. And basically every group that do this workshop at the beginning, they don't care of quality because I'm hiding bugs everywhere in the Lego. But just after doing it, the first sprint, I start giving them some tips how to take care of quality. And just the next sprint, everyone is really, really focused to find bugs before doing anything. So you feel just immediately the second exercise, people already get all the uh, idea and they are also thinking in practice, we can also do that. Sounds like really good fun. I, I want to do one of these. It sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Something else that, uh, that you're quite keen on is sketch notes. How did you get into doing sketch notes? Because I've seen a few people that do them. Some people do these amazing sketches of the presentations they've been to that basically condense it into a visualized form. How did you get into doing that? Well, uh, let me tell a story. Uh, in uh, my first conference where I was speaking at, uh, I just saw someone doing it in front of me and I don't even know that this thing exists. So I was extremely amazed and I felt like this is genius how people are doing it. And at the same time, back in years, uh, I had uh, in my baccalaureate, I had like drawing as an option mm -hmm. at school. 
So I feel like this kind of thing, it could be my thing because I like doing drawings. I mean, not portrait drawing, but I do like this artful part using colorful pens and all this. So I said, maybe this one could be a nice idea. So I started asking people who do it, what kind of pens are you using? How do you draw these forms? And try to get some information from them. And then I ordered a book like the word of uh, visual facilitators, or I still, I forget exactly the name. Anyway, this book gave me more tips. And then I decided to start. And my tip for anyone who wants to start, don't be afraid of your first sketch note because it will be awful. And this is how it works. <laughs> improvement. Fail fast. <laughs> I, still, I still don't consider myself like a genius sketch noter. I'm still in the learning phase, but I'm proud of what I did till now comparing to my first sketch note. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... Um, psychological research around the best way to remember is to actually write it down on paper not electronically but actually on paper and yeah. to draw diagrams because by drawing diagrams you're having to abstract the information from the words so you actually get the concepts as well as the words so yeah it's it's something I should really get into but haven't so far my my drawing is absolutely awful no don't say that because it's not about your drawing it's about the visualization and how you turn what you heard into something in your paper so maybe give it a try at future eurostar i think i will i think Just i will try it uh, and one of the tip i can give you can prepare your framework your uh, in the paper before you enter to the conference so that when you enter you just put the name on it and uh, you already have the uh, main uh, part the conference hashtag the uh, the date for example your own uh, hand twitter handle or whatever your name if you want to put it on the sketch note and then try to just start from and maybe also read the abstract of the conference so that you know more or less what's the message that will be delivered. This will help you have a structure, how you split the paper. Great. Yes. I don't think that works that well with my presentations because they can be a little bit unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I must admit in my uh, notebook, I have a lot of sketch notes that are like started, but then I couldn't finish them for any of the reason, whether the speaker went so, so fast or whether I didn't start the drawing in the same structure. Uh, but let me mention something. It's actually about real time and not real time sketch note. As a beginner, I was taking note everywhere. And then just after the talk, I tried to restructure it again, but after like, two or three years doing it, I decided to um, to make it in real time. So it's uh, recently, almost last year, I decided to do it on real time. So this uh, was an extra level of challenge to make it in real time. That's definitely a challenge. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll dig out the, the name of the book that you mentioned in your blog about how to do sketch notes. Yeah, the visualization yeah. one and i'll put I, that in the, the show notes as well yeah so i will if, tell you the the right name so that uh, i'm sure i won't make a mistake in the name <laughs> good idea yeah. um talking about your blog you do blog fairly regularly and you've got some really interesting stuff in there how did you get into doing that blog and, and what do you get out of it uh well i started it um in 2022 uh, no, uh, 2020, it was my personal challenge to make a blog. Mm -hmm. And I was not sure if I succeed to make a frequency to post regularly. Uh, but luckily, there is something that helped me, which will surprise you. It was during COVID. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my own challenge was that time. And with COVID, we turned into re remote work instead of normal work, which gave me more time uh, to focus on my blog in my personal time. Uh, so, 
this actually the turning from working every day in the office to remote work uh, give me more time. So I try to uh, book slots in my agenda and say that this topic I want to tell about it um, or when I want to publish. So my frequency was like at least one blog per month. This is when I started. I must admit now I'm not following this frequency as often, but I'm happy with what I did until now. And I don't uh, stress myself that I really need to publish a blog now. We make it by topics, by periods. So it depends. And what I can get out of it to answer your question, um, the fact that the blog I write is about a certain topic. This helped me understand even better the topic I'm writing about. And it helped me even better to organize my idea into a written way and structured format. So if I can't express my idea into a blog, maybe I still need some information or I still miss some knowledge to, to be able to write it. So this is one of the things that really helpful. So just even before starting to publish it, and this will bring other advantages, but just the way you structure your information will help you be become better at uh, visualizing your idea. And then when you publish it, uh, it's also good to be encouraged through community member. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. there are um, two uh, other authors that write about the same thing. So you will feel you are not alone. You can discuss and give feedback, get feedback from other people. Um, and I must admit it's a good experience. So I encourage uh, everyone to give it a try, even if they don't want to make it a regular post, just try it with the topic you are passionate about and just publish one first post and see uh, what's your uh, output from there. Maybe it will improve something in you. Mm -hmm. I think very important point you, you mentioned there is, is around the way that if you can't write it down to explain it to someone else, you, you don't understand it well enough yourself at this point. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that is, is very important and I think a very useful tool. And I find that thinking through presentations for doing those helps me crystallize my thinking as well. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing for presentation. And I must admit, maybe the idea starts with a blog post and then you will get some feedback. You will get more idea about the future following up uh, post. And then you will maybe get the idea to submit this whole idea to a conference and turn it into a presentation. For example, the quality coaching, I just attended Anne-Marie Charette tutorial at Agile Testing Days. Mm -hmm. And then it happens that I started the role in the same um, year, just a few months after. Um, and then I published a blog post about what I learned and how I see it from my side. And then step by step, I decided to give it a try with a conference and share my own experience. So this is how it works. You start with the post, you write, you discuss with someone the topic and then you can make it uh, you can turn it even to a conference i mean not mm -hmm. every blog is uh, don't don't get it as a formula it's not every blog you can turn into a conference but this <laughs> path could be uh, feasible yes if if all of my random thoughts were turned into blogs and, and then turned into conference notes then uh, i think uh, most people would be quite bored with it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not for every idea, but no. uh, you can give it a try for the idea that you think are uh, relevant. Here's a difficult question for you. I know it's difficult because it's been asked me before. What question should I have asked you? Oh, what, that's very difficult. What do you need to tell me that I haven't already asked about? <laughs> I need to think about it. Um, um maybe um, um it's uh, difficult maybe it's all right. example I'll, I'll... of workshops to do uh, as a quality coach mm -hmm. um 
apart from the Lego, maybe more serious um, workshops you can do. Okay, so do you want to give me uh, some examples? Some idea that comes to my mind. <laughs> um, actually, one of the workshops that I did in collaboration with an agile coach, we are working together at the same uh, client, and we noticed that there are, let's say, misunderstanding, or maybe uh, developers, testers are not on the same page, or the Scrum Master is not. I mean, we noticed something. So we said it's good to go deeper and try to think what the team is doing. So we organized uh, what we call team health check with right. different teams in the organization. And we prepare some questions that covers different topics, not only testing, but also organizational, agile-related question, like, for example, definition of ready, definition of done. So a lot of uh, things and combine agile and quality. And for every question, it's not just an open question, but we give them proposal. Like the first answer is like something not good. The second, it's like much better. The third, much more better, but we still have problems. And the fourth, it's like perfect and every time we ask them a question we tell them to to use lights we use the red light green light in the okay, cards yes. uh, and yellow so we we give them the question with the answer in the uh, in the big table in the with the, the screen and we tell them everyone to choose answer with the colorful card to answer if it's one, two, three, or four. And then when it's time, everyone raise the card. And the fun is the team itself is not, um, is not aware, um, didn't select the same color. For mm -hmm. example, the product owner will think that we don't know anything about the testing strategy. And the tester will say that we are perfect in the testing strategy. Yeah. So actually, uh, this workshop, sti I still remember the feelings and the emotions we got from this workshop because it's part of uh, an answer for the people who resist to change because it's something you do and you let people communicate and they will find the answer themselves. So let's get back to the uh, workshop. Imagine we have different colors fr coming from different team members. So we have the discussion if it's not the same number or the same color, in other words. So instantly, the tester will say something, and maybe the product owner will say something, why they are not agreeing. Or maybe you can do if you find extremely different colors, you, you put, you ask those people to talk together in, in front of the group. And at that moment, they will already know the solution. What's the problem? Maybe it's something not communicated. Maybe it's something not visible yet or whatever. So I like this exercise because immediately while doing it, you will find the answer coming from team member so you are not the one who give the answer mm -hmm. back to the remark that I said it's not about directing it's about engaging them so as a quality coach I just take notes of what happened in my own note and then at the end of the exercise I send the kind of a report of what I observed mm -hmm. like this is the strengths that I observed and those are the things, for example, that you are not agreeing well. I would say it in uh, better words. Yeah. Uh, and also, we try to improve uh, what happened. So we send them improvement action that are already coming from them or maybe more idea that I can provide. And every team will have this kind of what we need to do as a next step to improve the quality within our team. So you get them to suggest the actions that they need exactly, to fulfill. Exactly, exactly.
Uh, and uh, not only that, maybe the actions could also have a priority. So based on the knowledge that we have as agile or quality coach, and we know what the business is looking for in the organization and the transformation department, we can add some priorities. So this is your backlog of improvement action, but please don't take like 10 action at a time. Maybe for this sprint, we will only take two, the highest, the most important. So for that, we use like uh, between brackets, the priority. Is it mm -hmm. like a must do or a should or could, nice to have? Yeah. And then we ask them to pick the most critical action and uh, ask the Scrum Master to take those actions in their real backlog. So you get them to decide what the priority of each of them is. Exactly. Right. So it's not only about the improvement actions. Because I can suggest maybe 10 or 50 improvement actions, but they are not relevant if we are not uh, aligned with what the business is looking for. And if they don't think they need them, if they don't agree exactly. them, they're not yeah, going to yeah. do them. So, so try to get them in the sprint planning maybe and every time suggest that they take two improvements action and uh, coach them with uh, facilitation, with uh, coaching, training, whatever type is needed to make those uh, improvement action in practice. And this is wh what one of the things that our role is about. Great. There's an awful lot in there to unpack. Uh, that just one little story has got a lot of hints and tips and techniques and, and things exactly. to talk about, um, which we haven't got time to dig into at the moment. But where would you point people to find out more about um, quality coaching, about learning more of these techniques and this sort of thing? Uh, well, um, I'd refer to the um, main reference of quality coaching and Marie Charette, she really yeah. published a lot of tips and uh, to be honest, I'm learning from uh, her many things and uh, I personally published some of the things in my own blog that I uh, learned through conferences or through my experience, so uh, I have a blog, Quality Coaching Colors, that uh, describe the different um, uh, activities that you can do as a quality coach uh, that are coming from tester background, from developer background, from a delivery lead background, etc. And what you really need to know from other roles as a quality coach and more description about this uh, role holistically. Great. So I invite you to read this blog. I will put a link into your blog, into the show notes. Okay. Um, it is very interesting reading. I, I have spent quite a while rooting through that, and it's got lots of uh, sketch notes on there as well that are really good, actually. Thank you, um, Brian, for that. And I know that you reference Anne-Marie Charette as well in your blog, so I don't need to put a reference into Anne-Marie, but Anne-Marie is the, the high priestess of quality coaching, really. Exactly, yeah. I know um, this role throw her first. Yes, lovely lady as well. Um, so one last question, can you recommend what books you think testers should read? Just three, maybe five, no more than five. <laughs> I know what my shelf's like, so. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd say, uh, first there is, a. Uh, a nice book, Agile Testing Condensed, uh, by Lisa and uh, Janet. Yeah, Lisa Crispin uh, and uh, Janet Gregory. Exactly. This book is like a good summary of what you need to know in Agile coaching. And I must admit that those are the things that are written in this book you can also use as a quality coach to think about possible ideas that you can bring to the team. Uh, and one personal story why I think of this book as first, because I'm the one who uh, contributed to the uh, translation of this book to French. So right. for French listeners, there is also a French edition of this book. Uh, what else I can recommend? There is uh, also a book that is not about testing, but I will tell you why I recommend this book, The Coach's Case Book. 
this book actually give idea about coaching because we don't have a background initially in coaching, but this book give nice idea about coaching, which you can use implicitly in your quality coaching. I like that. That sounds like a book I might have to get for myself. Ah, good. Um, and what else? I also recommend the Oud Heriskit book. It's a book containing traps, tools, and weapons for uh, software testing, a book by uh, Lena. Wonderful. So lots of stuff to put into the show notes. A couple of books for me to read as well. I actually did uh, a podcast with, uh, actually, we did a workshop with Janet, which was really good on her QPAM book, uh, How to Assess uh, Quality Processes. Yeah, that book, you know what? It's in my reading list, but not yet read. That's why I didn't uh, mention it, but it's actually in my future to-do list. So I, I highly recommend it as well. It's a really good book. Uh, it doesn't take very long to read, but it's cram-packed with useful stuff, so well worth it. I, I'd, I'd recommend putting aside like three hours just to sit by the fire and read it. Oh, okay. I will add it uh, immediately to my future reading list uh, of 2024. Oh, it's been a great pleasure chatting to you. So Thank lots you, of Lots of really interesting and useful information in there, and I'm I think I'm going to have to sit down and have another chat with you, but we will be seeing each other at Eurostar this year. Exactly. So next June, we'll meet at Eurostar. And I'm very grateful, Brian, for this uh, interesting discussion with you. It's really a pleasure to talk with passionate people uh, about testing and quality. So thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Goodbye. So thank you to Emna, and thank you for listening. Check out the show notes for everything mentioned, and join us next time for more quality conversations about quality.